0: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host Corey Knut. Coming up on the program today, we'll get an update on Manitoba's pumpkin harvest. Also, JP Gervais with Farm Credit Canada will stop by to chat about the latest farmland values reports. And up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture and talk about fall fertilizer and soil testing. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program now is John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture to talk about fall fertilizer.
1: For many of your listeners there, they've come through a drought that they haven't experienced in, in decades, and so we're kind of unfamiliar with what's that's going to leave the soil in what kind of state, what type of uh, nutrient return there's going to be. And so that's the the key thing is to find out if I then take the nutrients off in the crop, what's been left in the soil, what can I exploit the next year? And then the other whammy to that is, you know, I just called up my local fertilizer dealer and and I'm able to get urea for, it works out to be about uh, uh, $910 a tonne so that's $0.90 cents per pound of nitrogen. That's, that's pretty high, and if we can cut into those uh, expenses with some in-soil reserves, that's good news. Have you been hearing,
0: are a lot more uh, farmers, are they getting soil tests done this year?
1: Yes, yes. I think those, the folks that uh, it's their, their expertise to take soil samples uh, with, with trucks, take them to two-foot samples, they've been quite busy getting over fields, doing analyses, And uh, we're fortunate. We we do have a bit of a heads up as to what those results are. And when we look at Manitoba, we have, in in much of the area that was, uh, i say, drought affected, uh, uh, parts of the southeast, Red River Valley and the Interlake area, over 30% of the samples are coming back with 100 pounds or more of nitrogen. So considerable savings there. For the 2022 crop, if we can put those nutrients to good use.
0: What's uh, fertilizer availability uh, like?
1: I haven't heard any problems with availability. It's just that I'm sure that uh, the sticker shock is there. I don't think it's a, a, a surprise. People have maybe been aware, of been hearing that fertilizer prices are, are very strong. And that is the, I guess, the, the message for farmers is, is how can I best make use of of the reserves that I have. So we, we'd expect that uh, those that sample, they'll be making alternate plans for uh, uh, crops, or at least to reduce some of the nitrogen applications, perhaps. Uh, one of the challenges, Corey, has been that uh, growers have been getting these high values back and wondering, can I grow soybeans successfully when I have that much nitrogen? Uh, 15, 20 years ago, when we were seeing Soybeans coming for the first time through this area, high levels of soil nitrogen really, uh, challenged nodulation. They reduced the number of nodules per root and then it, towards the end of the year would leave the crop short. So we were cautious about putting soybeans on high nitrogen soils. Not so much anymore. Now that we've built up a good, uh, reserve or supply of native, uh, rhizobium in the soil, their bed baby better able to tolerate these high levels. But the other thing high nitrogen levels do in the soil is that they increase our risk of the iron chlorosis. So growers would want to make sure that they are selecting a variety with good tolerance. And then I guess there's a third thing really should bring people's attention to is that based on the soils we have and how dry it's been, uh, we are, are very wary of herbicide carryover residues. Uh, Some of the companies have been fairly upfront in suggesting that uh, rotations may need to be altered this next year. And so there's a number of factors that are going to affect people's uh, rotation plans. You know, herbicides they used, the amount of nitrogen carried over that's there, etc. Farmers
0: uh, who are planning to to put in fertilizer, is that something that uh, will be done uh, this fall, or or do farmers, will they wait till spring?
1: I I expect that they'll number going down this fall, uh, Past few years, it's been actually drier than this in the fall and really thwarted uh, application. We have had some uh, moisture earlier that seemed to uh, produce a soil that we can uh, work and we can, for example, band ammonia or band urea into. Uh, but but that does bring up another caution, Corey, is that uh, I see what may be affecting nitrate levels and certainly moisture levels out there is the rank growth of either volunteer crop or regrowth, or even if people seeded cover crops, gotta know that those things are taking nitrogen out of the soil. They tend not to return as much nitrogen to next year's crop as they take out, so they're depleters. The other thing they're they're doing and, and depleting is soil moisture. And we have not had suitable recharge yet. So if you've got green stuff growing in the field, you're not getting a killing frost soon, Just be aware that that green stuff is not only depleting your nitrogen, but also our water and maybe next year's yield potential.
0: That was John Hurd with Manitoba Agriculture talking to us here today about fall fertilizer and soil testing. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Farm Credit Canada says the average value of Canadian farmland increased by 3.8% for the first half of this year compared to an average increase of 3.7% for the same time last year. Here is Chief Economist JP Gervais.
2: The strong demand in farmland that we have in the market really is, I think, driven by two things. One is the high commodity prices that we've had really since later part of 2020, beginning of twenty twenty one. So that really pushed revenues up in the first half of twenty twenty one. And then second interest rates are historically low. We've never had borrowing costs this low in Canada. And I would expect those interest rates to stay low for quite some time as well. So all in all, I think that uh, leads to a very, very strong demand. And again, the supply is quite limited. It's, it's truly a supply and demand story in, in the most purest uh, sense. It's, it's limited supply, strong demand, pushing up prices.
0: In general, Prairie and Atlantic provinces reported the most modest increases, while Ontario, B.C. and Quebec had the largest increases. And forward hog contract prices took a big jump on Monday. Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing attributes the jump to the most recent Hogs and Pigs report, which showed a significant drop in projected market hog supplies over the course of the next six months and beyond. He commented on another factor.
3: That coincided with a change in hog futures limits. They expanded those limits to pretty much the largest that we've ever seen before, or at least in my, uh, in my memory. And uh, consequently, we saw the biggest move in hog futures and therefore forward prices, that we've ever seen. It was a pretty remarkable day. And it reflects the fact that hog supplies are going to be down roughly 6%, according to the USDA, from year ago levels, which is um, very significant.
0: That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, September 29th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from J.P. Gervais, Chief Economist with Farm Credit Canada. Farm Credit Canada has released its mid-year review on Canadian farmland values. I caught up with Chief Economist J.P. Gervais.
2: Well, the numbers that came out today look at the first six months of 2021. So this is January to July, or sorry, the end of June 2021. So looking at the first six months, I would say that the uh, influence behind the numbers actually starts off at the end of 2020. And so not so much or of the challenging weather conditions that we had in the priorities would actually be captured in the numbers, right? So if you look at the last, um, the most, the most recent six months, we're looking at 1.8% in Saskatchewan, 3.5% at growth in average farmland values in Manitoba, and 3.7% in Alberta, which basically gives you, if you go back another six months, that gives you the July to July, that 12-month uh, change in the average farmland values, you're roughly looking at, you know, between 35 to 6% growth in average farmland values. So this is in line with what we've had in recent years, I would say in the last couple of years when it comes to farmland value. So no surprises, really. Uh, Still a pretty strong farmland market, very, very strong demand, limited supply, and so that's the the drivers behind the results.
0: Yeah, and I guess uh, just talk a little bit more about um, interest rates and and the impact that that has.
2: All right. The strong demand in farmland that we have in the market really is, I think, driven by two things. One is... uh, high commodity prices that we've had really since the start or uh, sorry, the later part of twenty twenty, beginning of twenty twenty one. So that really pushed revenues up in the first half of twenty twenty one. And then second interest rates are historically low. So right? we've never had borrowing costs this low in Canada. And I would expect those interest rates to stay low for quite some time as well. So all in all, I think that uh, leads to a very, very strong demand. And again, the supply is quite limited. It's, it's truly a supply and demand story, and in, in the most, uh, the purest sense, it's, it's limited supply, strong demand, pushing up prices.
0: And uh, you mentioned here, I guess, over uh, the the overall economic environment over the next uh, twelve months. Uh, that's something uh, farmers should be watching.
2: Absolutely, I'm going to keep my eyes on the challenging weather conditions that we had. What kind of an impact it would have on revenues? Not some, just not just for the the end of 2021 but as well for the uh first part of 2022 because really when you think of the demand for farmland it's about expectations for the future and so I'm just going to look to see whether or not you know farm operations are looking beyond the, the challenging conditions that we had for the summer and are still quite confident in the future because if you look on the demand side for commodities that we grow I mean it's, it's a very very strong demand in, in global markets and so I expect prices with tight uh, uh, tight inventories, tight supply, really in Canada, but also elsewhere, I expect that prices are going to remain elevated, remain higher than the five-year average. Interest rates, uh, that's also a good story to keep an eye on, for sure. I I would think that short-term, we don't have anything to think too much about, you know, when it comes to higher interest rates. But perhaps by the start, uh, or I would say middle of uh, 2022, I think that's, one of the factors that we're going to be looking at. You know, if we're able to put this pandemic behind us somehow, I would say that we're going to continue to have an economic rebound in Canada, and I would expect at some point that the Bank of Canada is going to be looking at lifting rates. And that could also slow down a little bit the demand for land and perhaps slow some of the increases that we have on average. But we have to remember one thing. Farmland values are not increasing everywhere. But we have some areas where farmland values have been flat, uh, on average, they've been up, but at a moderate pace. And I think you know there are a lot of operations that are um, looking at the market with with some caution.
0: Yeah, and um, you mentioned here that uh, farmers should should be cautious um, in some of those regions where the uh, where the rate of farmland values growth uh, has gone up significantly compared to to farm income.
2: Absolutely, and then if you look at the ratio of land prices to farm revenues, we're at the uh, it's not the highest point, second highest on record if you look at the last 20 years. So it's not just that land values are, um, high when it comes to when measured in dollars and absolute dollars, but it, they're also quite elevated when in relative terms, right? If you look at the revenue you can generate off the land, well, land prices are, you know, like I said, at the second highest point in, in, in time when it comes to valuations. And so operations need to be cautious. They need to be thinking about whether or not this, you know, purchasing land, fits into the, the long-term strategic plan for their operations in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah, it does, and, and, and that's okay. But I do think that we have to have a, uh, a cautious look at where the, your operation stands, have a risk management plan in place, understand your risk exposure when it comes to your financials, when, you come, when it comes to your marketing plans. And I do think that, uh, having said that, the market is going to remain strong when it comes to
0: farmland. Final thoughts, your, uh, J.P.?
2: Well, as I said, demand for land is very strong. I don't expect it to weaken, but let's keep an eye on some of the drivers behind the farmland market. That is, you know, the farm revenues as well as
0: interest rates. That was J.P. Gervais, Chief Economist with Farm Credit Canada, talking about FCC's mid-year review looking at Canadian farmland values. That's it for the Prairie Egg Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, Send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is holding an introduction to holistic management Mondays beginning October 4th and running until November 8th. These online sessions will be held from 6 to 7 p.m. Registration is required. The Fall 2021 Regen Egg Grazing Tour is happening October 7th from one thirty to 3.30 at Nurbass Brothers Angus at Shellmouth, Manitoba. Topics of discussion include balancing forage to cow resource ratio, temporary fencing systems, and more. Registration is required. Visit mfga.net to register. Egg in Motion presents a post harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. And Keystone Agricultural Producers Fall Advisory Council meeting takes place via Zoom October 20th at 9 a.m. You can go to their website to register. Deadline to submit resolutions is October 12th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, Manitoba's pumpkin harvest is underway. I caught up with Scott Friesen, who farms about 60 acres east of Altona.
4: Well, so far, the weather's been cooperating very well for the harvest. Um, it's uh, just been excellent weather for getting the pumpkins off the field. No mud to deal with, no dirty pumpkins. We um, cut them off the vine and then roll them into windrows and then uh, put them in wooden crates and take them home to get washed and put into the shipping bins. And we have uh, been shipping fairly steadily since about September 10th.
0: What were yields like? What kind of crop was it this year?
4: Uh, The yields are pretty good. The pumpkin profile is sized up fairly well. A little bit smaller, but uh, overall pretty good. The yield is as good as uh, uh, any year, uh, maybe even a little bit better. Those August rains are what the pumpkins really needed.
0: With the drought there this year, how do pumpkins um, react to lack of water?
4: They were struggling a little bit all summer, but we were very fortunate in our area to keep getting a rain. Just every time I thought things were done, we got a little bit of rain. And uh, then when August came, then they got a fair bit of rain. We had basically seven and a half inches over uh, the August period, over a month. And uh, the pumpkins absorbed all of it and uh, grew fairly well.
0: Talk about timing of the harvest. Was it early this year?
4: It was, we were about a week earlier. The wholesalers were acquiring products a little bit earlier than usual for some reason. I'm not sure why, but, uh, typically we start shipping on the 16th, and this year we, I think we shipped, um, the 10th or 11th already. So.
0: And how many acres do you grow there?
4: Uh, 60 acres.
0: And I know you have, uh, other, other vegetables as well. How did they, uh, turn out this year?
4: Uh, all good considering Uh, we do a little bit of irrigation and some of the crops that required it we got a little bit of irrigation one of them early on but we ran out of water later on and then we tend we were seemingly getting a little bit more rain then so things worked out not too bad
0: what are those other vegetables that you have there
4: Um, we do bunch carrots bunch beets um, sweet corn and a bunch dill and uh, pumpkins
0: where do those end up
4: uh, I ship them all through peak of the market and uh, the pumpkins currently now are going through Western Canada, Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba, a little bit of Northwestern Ontario and uh, same with the corn uh, ships all across uh, Western uh, Canada here. That
0: was Scott Friesen, pumpkin farmer east of Altona. He farms about 60 acres of pumpkins on his farm. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says over 90% of all crops have been harvested. That's ahead of the five-year average of 77% for the same period. The majority of the outstanding acres are soybeans, corn, and sunflowers. Winter cereal seeding is nearly complete. Canola in Manitoba is generally yielding lower than average oil content based on preliminary Canadian Grain Commission Harvest Survey reports. Regrowth on drought-stressed soybeans is present in some fields in the most severely hit areas but has not affected harvest quality. Grain corn and sunflower harvest is now underway. Pam's Marketing Services is providing a hog market update. Tyler Fulton talked about U.S. cash prices
3: you know, we typically see more influence from seasonality on kind of the, the day-to-day cash prices that producers that haven't got a committed contract have. And so they've kind of been been lagging uh, what we've seen on contracted hogs or on hogs that are referencing the uh, pork carcass cutout. So like the, the value of the pork that the packers sell. The reality is, the, the report out last week will likely in you know help um, raise up those those cash prices as well.
0: Fulton notes forward contract prices took a big jump on Monday. And strong commodity prices combined with low interest rates continue to sustain farmland value increases in most parts of Canada, according to a media review by Farm Credit Canada. Here's Chief Economist JP Gervais.
2: We're looking at one point eight percent in Saskatchewan, three point five percent the growth in average farmland values in Manitoba and 3.7% in Alberta, which basically gives you, if you go back another six months, that gives you the July to July, that 12-month change in the average farmland values, you're roughly looking at, you know, between 35 to 6% growth in average farmland values. So this is in line with what we've had in recent years, I would say in the last couple of years when it comes to farmland values. So no surprises, really. Uh, still a pretty strong farmland market. Very, very strong demand, limited supply, and so that's the the drivers behind the results.
0: I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.